0: Holly. Hey, Dave. What is going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? We've got
2: some good stuff going on on the What Difference Does It Make podcast today.
0: Uh, it's the end of Rocktober. Have you enjoyed your Rocktober?
2: This has been quite the bitchin' Rocktober, don't you think?
0: <laughs> bitchin' A. <laughs> Did you use that expression? <laughs> no. Have you ever said A. without being, oh, okay, without being ironic? I think I always said bitchin' A like tongue-in-cheek. Bitchin' A, let's go get some burgers.
2: I've never heard it like that. I've uh. never used it like that. I've only used it as in have you, a bitchin' summer.
0: Okay. Or yeah.
2: That is but, so bitchin'.
0: You would write it in your yearbook, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. That's right above KIT.
0: Of course. Which you never did. Did you ever KIT with your with your friends?
2: I, I only KIT'd or K'IT. And with people who I was always going to anyway, not because they told me to do it in my yearbook. How about you?
0: My, I was always hoping there would be a girl or two that would say K I T, like, oh, okay, here's my opportunity. Rarely, not give an incorrect phone number. Yeah, rarely happened, but you know, there's always hope.
2: Then you call them on your landline.
0: Uh, Yes, yeah, and no, she's not available right now. Who is this? I'm sorry, not home.
2: I don't know. I see the girl talking to you in the pantry with the cord.
0: With the cord. Could be hiding
2: in the pantry talking. Was kids.
0: that you on with the princess phone?
2: Yeah. Did not have a princess phone, but I did have a big button phone.
0: Nice. While you listen to the go gos as I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to segue. Dave. Oh, thank you. That was a what?
2: That was a bitching segue, Dave.
0: No, thank you. We do have a bitching guest today, and uh, who is that, perchance?
2: Okay, we do have a bitching guest today, and this bitching guest, as you and I determined off mic. She has the best name, and we believe it to be her real name. Today, we have Gina Schock, the drummer for the Go-Go's.
0: Yeah. The reason we're talking to Gina is she has a new book. Actually, this is the first book she's ever written. It's called Made in Hollywood. She was the documentarian of the Go-Go's, apparently. She took a lot of photos, and she kept them.
2: She was the archivist for the Go-Go's, and she was, and she just because she liked to take pictures.
0: Worked out well because now she's compiled them all into a lovely book that we highly recommend. It's out now. The book is called Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's. If this is your first time listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast, welcome. After you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to please subscribe because we have new episodes every Friday with a new exciting guest and you never know who's going to show up.
2: And you should also check out our YouTube channel because there will be outtakes from this interview and all our interviews on our YouTube channel, and you can find it at What Difference Does It Make Podcast.
0: Love that. Kathy Valentine, a friend of the show, former guest of the show, might just make a special appearance on our podcast. So please give a listen to this episode. This is with Gina Schock, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee of the Go-Go's on the What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> hey. How are you? Sucks. Everything okay? No, everything sucks. <laughs> I'm like, look, you know what? I keep forgetting all my passwords. And, of course, I'm down here. I'm in L.A., so I don't have my guy with me to help me do everything. Now I'm locked out of my own email because I don't remember the fucking password. It's and, pro- and it wouldn't allow me to punch in and try again. And it's like, you are you are blacklisted. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez.
0: Ge- not again. <laughs>
3: so, well, I'm driving back today, so it's okay. I'll get one that will get me straightened out with that. And my computer, I screwed that up too somehow. I am, I don't have any problems with that, but everything else is going great.
0: I love everything about what this, the, that whole diatribe was just amazing. That's just, that,
3: and I empathize. It's all true in I, my life. Every day, something, there's drama, but it comes back down to beautiful.
0: There you go. That's, I kind of got that sense. Just, yes. <laughs> <Me too>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all,
3: I can see her. you're in your garage, huh? I,
0: I, <laughs> it you is. I
3: see the uh, lift thing. I have that in my garage. <laughs>
0: I and, know. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's, it's,
3: it's, it's, it's a wrong. studio too, huh?
0: It is a little of everything, uh, I, I, and we're in, we're refurbishing, so everything like we've got furniture and other things. It's just,
3: honey. Everybody runs out of space. Uh, That's what happens.
0: Unbelievable, right? <laughs>
3: it's terrible, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, so you're in LA? Where are you driving back to? I'm driving back up to San Francisco, where I live.
0: You're an Orioles fan, not a Giants fan, correct? Or are you a sports fan at all? I'm not
3: really big on sports, but I love the Orioles and love the Giants and love the Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> oh, ha- that is very uh, diplomatic the- of you. She's a well, dr- I-
0: she's a drummer. She supports everyone, right?
3: I've been in all these places, lived there, and so I, you know, it's like I owe them all something, you know. My partner with a bunch of his friends went to the Dodger game last night. Oh, dear. and I guess they had a blast.
0: <laughs> of course,
3: yeah, they needed to Uber home. Then <laughs> well, you're If in... you get me, okay.
0: It, no, I I know. Well, how did you used to get home back in the day? What was your? I just how,
3: drove.
0: Did you, Did you drive every, like from the whiskey? I just drove. How close to the whiskey did you live? I know we talked with Kathy last <laughs> last year about her book, and she, you know, she she lived close to the whiskey. Were you? close close no, by as well i
3: didn't live close to the, to the whiskey but i drove
0: so a drummer you probably had a truck or what, what did you what was your no
3: that's when we first started out i had my dad's pickup truck that i used that we used to load all of our gear into yeah that was that was something but then then again right there we were like 21 22 and you know we could do all that you stuff. could do
0: everything yeah you're invincible we could, do,
3: we could do it all because it was you know you're at that age anything's possible. And you have the energy, and you also believe—you believe anything's possible. I certainly did, and look where it got me.
0: <laughs> right, just talking to you. This is—I love you, you. Still have that Baltimore accent. Apparently, you're never going to lose that, so that's great. But you, no, I don't
3: think it'll ever go away. I, I of course, I—you know—the whole time I've been on the West Coast, you guys, I—I I was back in Baltimore all the time because my parents lived there, so I yeah. was. You know, I never missed a Christmas in Baltimore in all the years that I had been living out here since 1979. Yeah. I never missed Christmas in Baltimore. And I would go back several times a year because my job allowed me that that kind of freedom to be able to go back there and visit my parents all the time. And so I would do it.
2: Okay. Can I just make a plug really quickly? This is a, yeah. this is a terrible, but Baltimore, I have my family's all back east. My cousins have a music store in Baltimore. Um, music, I mean, equipment, everything called Brothers Music. It's on, I guess, Charles
3: Street, maybe? Is that a... Oh my gosh, that's a, a nice area of town, Charles Street, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Downtown Charles yeah. Street, yeah. yeah. They have a
2: music store there. They live near there, too, so just giving a shout-out to Brothers Music, yeah.
3: Really? Brothers Music in Baltimore. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll go check them out when I go back again. I hope you do. That would be yeah. really special. So okay. I- I- All right. I will do that.
0: So, did you Pester your parents about getting a drum kit when you were younger. Was it always the drums? No. no. No,
3: I just I did I like I I started out playing guitar and bass, and then I, you know, I took lessons, and I really didn't have the patience because I was just a kid, and you know, you want everything happening right away. I still do, um, <laughs> but I I didn't have the patience for guitar. Anyway, I I thought I'll try drums, so I saved up the allowance money that I would make every week, uh, you know, cleaning house and doing whatever I had to do, and. I bought drums and, um, you know, I don't think my parents were that crazy about it, but they allowed me that freedom because they knew that music really moved me. You know, it was, I was all about music. Every penny I got it, I was spending it on music, whether it was records or, you know, magazines or tickets to go to concerts in Baltimore. I, every penny was being spent on music. So when I got the drums, I would just sit up there with headphones on, come home every day and play along with all my favorite records. That's how I taught myself to play drums.
0: You have a kind of a connection with John Waters. Uh, I always think of Hairspray. Uh, you and that's uh,
3: really funny. Listen uh, to this. Okay. Dave, I'm, I'm yesterday. I'm at uh, Bristol farms getting my morning coffee here. And my partner, Steve and I he we were running to get, we were going to get something for lunch and take it with us. We had some work to do. And I'm standing there watching some, watching the guy cut this turkey. And, and, uh, there was a fellow next to me. I wasn't paying attention. And I said, you know what, Steve, I want that. That looks really good. And then this guy opened his mouth. I turned around and went, John, <laughs> oh, oh. Fucking John was right next to me. All random weird places. I ran into him in a market here in L.A. <laughs> I thought that that was so weird, you know. And he, I asked what he was doing, and I told him what I was doing, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But it was very strange. Being as you bring up John, that I ran into him two days ago. That's so funny, so random. <laughs> right. Isn't it random and weird?
0: How crazy it is. But that's wonderful. I know I have some John Waters <laughs> questions a little bit, but I guess with Hairspray, did you watch like the dancing show, the local dancing show? Was that like your, your intro into music to, to watch? Yeah, like, that where it was, was
1: on? on
3: in Baltimore. I think, was that um Kirby Scott show? Yeah. He was the guy, he was the big DJ in Baltimore that everybody knew. It was very popular then. And I think that's the show that, that John based that on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The Hairspray oh.
3: thing. Yeah.
0: And were you the transistor radio in your bed? I was. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I did. I had the transistor radio up against my ear at all times. And, you know, I'd sneak it into bed at night because I would call up and and request songs. And, you know, they wouldn't come on for like four or five hours. Right. You know, they probably, they usually play my requests at two or three in the morning. But, yeah, I did that. I was that kid.
0: And what was a young Gina Shock requesting?
3: Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? Well, I had my albums to listen to and that was more like, you know, uh, that was going to be British music, British uh, rock music, you know, anything from the UK I was buying, you know, you know, I mean, I love the stones and Zeppelin and you name it, whoever was happening at that time I was listening to, but probably at the regular radio station would be whatever was happening at that time, whatever, whatever AM was playing at the time yeah. I was listening to that.
0: And what, okay, so then uh, was there a particular drummer that was like, I want to emulate this person, this is Well,
3: of course there, and you know, it was Charlie Watts and John Bonham. Yeah. My first concert I ever went to, my brother took me to, and that was Led Zeppelin opening for The Who at Brother Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. Yeah. You know, to see those two bands together in 69. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's, you know, The Who busted their instruments up. And this was Zeppelin's first American tour. It was something to behold. Uh, it changed my life. It's yeah. like I knew what I wanted to do.
2: That might take the cake for first concerts. Yeah. We always yeah, do I that mean, definitely...
3: how insane is that? Yeah. It really is. Did another you go another lucky moment, another lucky moment in Was my this life, high you know? school friends
0: or was it uh, who would you who'd you jump in the van I'm with? Too young. Was it a van? Who <laughs> or what was What what are you talking about? Oh, well, when went you went when concert? you went to the show, was it with friends or was it uh, No, my
3: brother, concert? my brother. Oh,
0: brother. Okay. Like, Eleven
3: years old or twelve years old. <laughs> oh, I was so- sixty nine. I was young.
0: Oh, okay. So your brother was like, "Do you want to go to this show?" And did you know what you're getting into at that time? Eleven. I
3: don't recall, to be honest with yeah. you, Dave. I don't recall, but <laughs> yeah, of course, I knew who they were. Yeah, because I would listen to my brother's records, and then of course I'd go out and buy them, and then I and then I was into all British music, everything. Gotcha. All British, you know. I love that.
0: Well, that's good to have an older brother who's a uh, guide, guide. Yeah. You.
3: you know, I was listening to John's records and then I'd scratch him up and have to go buy new ones. And so I'd
1: you know,
0: and buy them. <laughs> okay. So the other John Waters connection is your first band. this was uh, with
3: Edie. Yeah, yeah. Well, Edie is the reason, you know, the Go-Go's we're indebted to Edie because she's the reason, she's the person that got me out to Los Angeles the first time. And in 78, I came out here with her. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if the Go-Go's would be what they are today. They, I would have never gotten out here. here. You know, I did a little tour with Edie.
0: This was Edie That's and changed. the eggs.
3: And it changed everything for me, David.
2: You broke my heart and you made me cry. You hurt me when you were around, but now I'm back. To let you know, we'll never keep this big girl down. These yeah, girls don't cry, no, They don't cry. These yeah, girls don't cry. Who says they don't cry? These girls said
3: goodbye, yeah, yeah. My, oh my. These girls didn't cry. I wonder why. She was a wonderful older lady that was just having the time of her life. And John allowed her to do that by putting her in his films. She loved it. And she loved being around younger people. And she was a doll, just a wonderful lady, you know, real sweetheart. You know, so I got to go to L.A., got to go to New York. And although New York was sort of my second home because my parents would take us, my brother and I, up there all the time. But we got to go and play. uh, We played Max's Kansas City and uh, CBGB's and uh, came out here and played three nights at the uh, Newark theater and then Mm -hmm. played the Warfield in San Francisco. And when I got back, I knew that I was going to be making a move very short. Yeah. I just had to save up my money. And then I was heading back. And decided, you know, I'm, I'm definitely moving out here.
0: So your dad, so you took your dad's car, loaded up the drums, and and just went cross country. Is that is that how that happened?
3: Yes. And a friend of mine from high school. Yeah, yes. we drove across country together with everything I own in the back of my father's pickup truck. You know, he built this wooden cab in the back, and and uh, you know, it was uh everything. And I, I even had PA speakers in there. <laughs> my wow. drums. Well, you- all my vinyl, which I still have. It's craziness.
2: I really love that story about packing up, uh, packing up your stuff and your parents. It seemed like a nice, warm and fuzzy relationship.
3: Well, you know, my parents, when I think back, oh my God, it must have been horrifying to let their kid go all the way on the other side of the country. I knew three people here, you know, and they're letting me, I was the baby, they're letting the baby go. So yeah, I mean, they had to have faith in me, but, uh. You know, they raised me right. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I just got out here and started immediately looking to find, to get myself in a band. It's all I cared about. I was out here. I was on a mission. Yeah.
0: yeah. Was that, you know, were the Go-Go's your first band in LA well, or was no, it another? No, no, no.
3: I, 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 I was, I try, I was in a couple of different bands. It was easy to get them. I mean, I put my name up, in like Guitar what? Center, music stores in the okay. Valley, wherever. Yeah. And, you know, I got in bands right away. That wasn't difficult. But the guy that I was staying with, had produced the uh, and the egg show and so i was living with this guy steve and my friend babs and he was like you know gina there's this band the go-go's i want you to go see them you're gonna see that and we're gonna kick the drum around you're gonna join and then you're (laughs) gonna become famous that's steve yeah wow and so he did take me to see them i think we went to club 88 and they had only been together i think like six months or something and you know They were just having a fun time. I loved them. When I saw them, I thought there was something very special about them. You know, diamond in the rough. They needed to be massaged. They needed needed to spend more time working on their craft. They were just having fun, but there was something there. I, I just knew it. I don't know. I felt it. And like when I met them at, at Steve's brother, Steve's brother, Doug, had a place in Santa Monica. And so he had a party and invited a couple of the girls. And that's when I met them. And they were like, we're looking for a drummer. And I said, great, I'm looking to, to join a band. But I was already in a couple of bands. But I lied and said I was something. Anyway, we went over to Steve's house. And, I, you know, he was so sweet. We're in Beverly Glen. And I had all my drums, a PA system and amps all set up in his living room. In Beverly Glen. (laughs) This is craziness, right? (laughs) I invited them over. They came in, brought their instruments, and we started to play. And that was it, man. I played Beatnik (laughs) Beach, and it was all over. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: I got the song, and then, and, you know,
0: the rest is history, but it was, That's
3: a I knew, man.
0: Okay, we're keeping the steady beat with Gina Shock of The Go-Go's, drummer of The Go-Go's. Her new book, Made in Hollywood, All Access with The Go-Go's, is out. Now, let's take a break, a drum break, if you will.
2: Welcome back to the What Difference does It Make podcast and our guest, Gina Schock of The Go-Go's and also author of Made in Hollywood, All Access with The Go-Go's.
0: And was Belinda, was she still wearing, was she wearing the, the hefty bags? I, every every story yeah. I read about was like, it's always Belinda with uh, this girl with who wears hefty bags cinched up.
3: Yeah, everybody would wear whatever they could get their hands on. We were pumps, okay? I, I, what, we could dress however we felt like dressing. There were no rules.
0: What was Gina wearing? The- what was
3: I wearing? I wasn't wearing the best of clothes. So the girls—I mean, Jane took me out and helped me okay. uh, get get <laughs> more apropos clothing for for the punk scene in L.A. Uh, but it didn't take long. I like cut. She cut my hair real short, dyed it black, and I fit in really quickly. I mean, I had certainly had the menta- that attitude. I had the yeah. attitude, you know? Uh I just I I needed to. I was coming kind of more from like being a musician. Um, rather than any particular scene. But I fit in. It, it, it spoke to me. It, it made sense. I got it. What all that angst was about. I had it, you know. And all of this, my whole history and the whole, you know, the history of the go will be in photographs in my book, Made in Hollywood, which is coming out. All this will be revealed. And I actually wrote I think there's like 30,000 words. I was just going to put out a like a, a Go-Go's coffee table book, an art book, because they have so many photographs from over the years. And I was always carrying a camera around with me and snapping shots of everything that was going on in the early days. And uh, there, there came a point where I, I was wanting to put this all in one place. You know, I had this stuff all stuffed in the closets and under the bed and every, everywhere you could shove pictures. But I had to find the right person to help me get it together. The girls were 100% behind it, finally got it together, put those photographs in this book, and Made in Hollywood will be out. And I am really proud of it and very excited for everyone to see it. The girls haven't even seen it yet. They're dying to get their hot little hands <laughs> on the So I just, I just talked to the publisher yesterday. I was like, you know, can you here's get everybody there? Send the book, will ya? you? know.
2: Well, we've seen it. And I just have to say, you know, as a fan, I love the way that you put it together. You said it could have just been a coffee table book with photographs. I loved all the essays. Everything, everything that was written by everybody else. First of all, the the foreword by um, by Kathy. Kathy. I thought is probably the best foreword to a book that I have ever read because it gave such great insight and the way it talked about you and your vision from behind from from the throne. Yeah. I just thought it was a great foreword. But the whole thing, I've you know, been listening to you guys forever, but
3: I learned a lot. Well, this and, is from, you know, from my perspective, you know, what was going on and the photographs to back everything up. I don't know. You know, I didn't think I could really write a book, but looking at those photographs made it easy because I remember everything was going on. You know how it is. You look at a photograph you remember everything that was happening that time. Or you hear a song. It's the same thing that happens. It, it triggers that the same kind of chemicals to happen in your brain where you you know you remember all that stuff.
0: There was one particular picture I saw. I guess you were probably in the dressing room and you have a camera snapping a picture with Kathy. Uh, and you could see your camera. What was that your camera that you had with yeah, you at all time? Yeah, what was what was it? What is your camera of <laughs> yeah. Canon?
3: And it got stolen of course. But yeah that wasn't in the dress what that was, that shot was uh in a hotel room that was after a show and we had gotten back and I'd taken my makeup off already. Kathy was taking her makeup off after a show. That's what that photograph
1: was. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that you you there, uh, you commented somewhere that you were the one or or maybe it was said the sort of the historian you were the one taking the most
3: pictures. is that- yeah nobody nobody in the band had a camera and they yeah. nobody was doing that. and I just had a love of photography from before being in the band, you know I mean, I was snapping pictures on the way driving out from Baltimore. What you see in the book. I just had a love of photography and still do.
0: I tell you, you and Ringo Starr both.
3: Ringo. Ring, yeah. Ringo always had his I camera. Am, I'd love to meet Ringo.
0: You're going to meet a lot of people uh, in a couple of weeks. The Go-Go's are going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that true?
3: Yeah. How about that? <laughs> how
0: about that? That's spectacular.
3: It's, a, it's about time. That's all I have to say. But you know what? Better late than never. We were all sort of over the whole idea of it because uh, every year it would come and go and we we're like, God damn it, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> we should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And especially, I, I don't know, it's just getting a lot of pressure from my friends more than than the band. All your friends are like, what's what's going on? What's up with this? I'm like, I don't know. You know, we're just doing what we do. We know what our contribution was and is, and we'll just con- continue doing what we're doing and hopefully they're going to recognize that. And so then it happened. You know that we were nominated. Now we're going to be inducted, and it's like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> finally, it's great. It's a wonderful thing. I'm pretty excited about it. And I know everyone in the band's excited about it.
2: And yeah. now you have credibility with your friends.
3: <laughs> yeah, really. It's yeah, like yeah, finally, you're someone. I see them. They <laughs> can't believe it. I'm like, oh god. Neither can I. It's about time, though.
0: Do you think it was the documentary last year that came out that was like, you know what? The Cocos had quite an I impact think-
3: on. Yeah, Dave, I think that really sort of jogged people's memories and got their brain flowing in a go-go's manner. You know, I think like people started thinking more about the band because the documentary was fantastic. Alice Nelwood did did an incredible job. What a brilliant documentarian she is. The, the way she told our story was perfect. I mean, we, we couldn't have been happier with the way she put it together. And how she edited it. I love that documentary. I'm re- we're all very, very happy with it. And I think mm-hmm. when, you know, that coming out and also, you know, it won a Critics Award and it was, um, it premiered at Sundance. Uh, but of course, that's when COVID was just starting. But, uh, you know, that was something that I'm very proud of as well. And so happy that Allison did the job she did because it's great. She did do a great job and it really left you wanting more. <laughs> well, we- yeah, I think that like definitely that was the start of people remembering about the go-go's and getting the whole ball rolling again where we're, we're more fresh in people's minds you know what i mean and then this coming up and then my book and there's other things that are cooking that will will reveal themselves in the next couple of months <laughs> well, what,
0: well one of the things that was cooking was uh was a new song club zero so that was that must have been amazing to to be in the yeah, studio that was again kind of
3: difficult to do because we're in all different places you know what i mean everybody like Charlotte's here in L.A., Kathy's in Austin, Belinda was in Bangkok, Jane was in um, Hawaii, and I'm in San Francisco. Like, put that together. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but we did manage to do it. I don't ever want to have to do that again. It was not the f- most fun process, but we did get it together, and it turned out great. It's a classic go-go song, you know. Yeah. It's got the sound. It's got it's got all the elements. Very go GoGo's.
2: It's a lot of fun, and hopefully, you will not have to do it that way ever
3: again. No, I know. My God, let's hope that things get better. You know. So
0: a- yeah, so after this rock and roll ceremony, you're all going to be in the same room. The next day, you're just going to go into a studio. Is that I-, I? I'm just hoping that might happen. Like, <laughs> hey.
3: no, I don't think that's going to happen. No,
0: everyone's no, going to go their separate happen. ways after that.
3: We're going to get done with that and everybody's going to take a little vacation because I'll tell you what, thinking about it it stresses me out, but makes me happy. It's like it's a lot to get organized. And, you know, I mean, all the and plus we have to all get our outfits together. It's a lot of uh, organization and that's stressful. And then a tour. Oh, and then that's right. I forgot. Yeah, we're going to be doing some shows at the end of the year. We're doing like six or seven shows at the end of the year. You know, just something to do because the last two years we've gotten our, our tours have been canceled yeah. because of the COVID situation. So at least we get to do some at the end of the year. And then next year in June and July, um, we're going to be opening for Billy Idol and doing those stadium tours in the U.K., which yep. will be kind of fun. And I think they're setting up some shows in the U.S. Hopefully, you know, things are going to be better. We can only hope yeah. and pray, you know?
0: So when we did read about Billy Idol, it was uh, it mentioned that uh, the Go-Go's hadn't toured in the UK in like 20 something years. What, yeah, a what, long
3: time. It's been a long time since what, we've been over there. Why
0: is that? What is that? Is there uh, just never I, you know, happened? I,
3: I did, no, there's no, it's not like it was planned that way. It just sort of worked out that way. For whatever reasons, we were busy doing other things and or maybe we didn't get a request to come over there. or Maybe there wasn't, you know, we didn't. I, I'm, I'm, yes, we did get requests. That's not true. But maybe the money needed to be better or something. Yeah.
0: I don't know. You know. Yeah. The um,
3: logistics of operating a band. There's a lot that has to go on behind the scenes, uh, as you can imagine, to make it happen. Before you step on that stage, a lot has to go on.
0: From what we heard from Kathy, she mentions that you're like the cheerleader who gets everyone moving. Like, come on, guys, we got to go. We got to rehearse. We got to do this. We got to do this. I know. You're always yeah, pushing I'm, every like the drum again, like the drummer, just pushing, I'm the pushing, pain pushing. Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, I get on everybody's nerves because I always want to rehearse more than anybody wants to rehearse and they all get pissed off at me and they're like, Gina, Jesus Christ, how many times have you played a song? (laughs) Well, it's not about playing it. It's about getting tight. It's about getting that feel. It's about all those things. I don't know. Drummer's all feel. You know, you gotta having good timing goes without saying. Don't be a drummer if you don't have good timing. That's all I need to say about that. I don't know what else to say. But you know, the rest is about feel and that starts to happen, that magic, that chemistry. When you start playing together, you need to you need to refine that every time you sit down and get back together again. Yeah, man, that happens and you gotta get on it.
2: Every band needs a Gina or every group of friends needs a Gina pushing them.
0: (laughs) That's right. Right? We we need a Gina. Can we get we need a Gina. (laughs) Oh my god, do we need a Gina? You're our Gina. (laughs) these guys Kathy came into the band later did you know I mean because it's always the drummer and the bassist that really need to click right is that I mean that's. yeah
3: it was we you know there were issues you know there were problems with the original bass player and what actually happened was is that she got sick yet again, and this was right before we were doing a New Year's Eve show at the Whiskey, and that was a big thing. It was a big deal for us at that time, and we couldn't let it go by. We just we couldn't let it slip away. I think Charlotte met Kathy at, at a Whiskey show or something, exchanged numbers, and asked her if she wanted to, you know, fill in for our other bass player, and she did, and then it it, it felt right, so we just continued with Kathy.
0: that amazing?
3: And she lied and told
2: you she played bass.
3: Yeah. And yeah, right. Exactly. She's a guitar player, but she, that just goes to show you the kind of musician she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Going from guitar to bass, boom, in a week. There you go. And knows all the songs and plays them great. And like her and I had a great feel right off the bat, you know? Yeah. I'm always happy if I get to play with a bass player who played guitar as well, because I know that they're going to play like Kathy. You know, they're going to, their choices are going to be more like Um, Kathy Valentine parts, which I love.
0: We just heard what Gina had to say about Kathy. Let's hear what Kathy has to say about Gina. What, what was it about you and, and Gina that clicked that, that you, when you jump joined the band, did you, you feel, felt a connection with her immediately?
1: Well, I think we were both, you know, we had things in common. We'd both left our families and our homes to, to make it in the music business in LA. We both driven, you know, across States to get there. And, uh, we both had been in other bands uh, for the other Go-Go's. Aside, I think Charlotte had played bass in the eyes for a little bit, but most of them, they were fairly inexperienced. And while Gina and I might not have been, you know, seasoned pros, even though we, I thought I was for sure, we had been, you know, playing in, in several bands. So we had that in common. And I think we were both kind of into like classic rock and roll more than like some of somebody from california might the beach boys might be one of their favorite bands whereas with gina and me like led zeppelin might be one of our favorite bands so musically uh, i think we're both very serious about not only making it but improving being the best musicians we could be bringing the best uh, of our abilities to the the songs that were brought in. So we just had a lot in common and we played very well together.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy. Let's go back to Gina.
1: Can can we go back Wait. to the book for a minute? So the style of it with the
2: essays from different, like we we know about your connection with MTV. So with the VJs and we know about your connection, like with, with John Waters and, but there was one that surprised me, uh, which I did not know about. I didn't remember from the time. Was that uh, Jodie Foster?
3: Yeah, Jody Um, <laughs> I met, we all met in the early 80s, she was friends with Rob Lowe and Rob was hanging out with the band and we were going to New York and um, she was at Yale at the time and um, Rob said, oh, I'm going to bring a friend of mine along with me, Jody. And we're like, sure. So she just started hanging out with us. And then we went to England to work on the record and she was in uh, Europe. She was shooting a film and she came over and hung out with us in the UK for a while. And, you know, we just all became friends. Then I became really close friends with her because we lived close to each other. I just loved her. I thought she was wonderful. She was interested in our lifestyle. (laughs) She came from a very shiny, perfect sort of environment, and we were kind of gruff and crazy and wild. And she'd never been around people like us, and it was quite—I think it was exciting and for her to hang around with a bunch of nitwits like us. And she was having the time of her life, you know. I mean, we were we were running from club to club and. You know, like I say, we, you know, in the book, I think I say, like we were all happening at the same time. We all had a lot of money. You know, just our careers were just starting out. It was when the brat pack was hanging. We were all hanging out together. You know, it was a great time. It was a fun time. So grateful hearing- for all that.
2: Yeah, that's such a great connection. It's a great. It's great for us to hear. How she was connected to you because you think of her, obviously she's
3: a, you know, brilliant actress yeah, and yeah, kind of act, intellectual. She's not, you wouldn't think we're hanging around with the, you know, <laughs> we we're kind of a punk band really. But uh, yeah, it, those are all great times. Yeah, she
0: was just a kid. Also manic energy, uh, Paul Rubens wrote a, uh, a little yeah. bit in the book. What was your relationship with with Paul? What?
3: Well, we knew about Paul and thought he was fantastic and we wanted to, him to open for us at the Greek theater. We were doing three nights there. So he said that he would, and um, showed up with uh, Steve Martin that night. And uh, you know, he was all dressed up in his pee- peewee outfit. But I don't know that they quite got him or understood because this was like early in That's, his career.
0: I love that though. That's amazing. You know that, um, that but, you guys would have the the like. Okay, we love well, this. Yeah, we, we we recognize he was this. Brilliant. I yeah, mean,
3: he is brilliant. He's a really smart guy. He knows yeah. his shit. He knows what he's doing. And you know, we thought he was so funny and great and so we wanted him to be a part of what we were doing you know so we invited him to come and open for us kind of he was sort of like the uh dj or whatever you want to
0: call yeah uh, the no, not
3: the DJ. he was the uh the, the uh, mc what do you call mc the yeah. mc thank yeah. you
0: yeah, no, I get that. I, um, one of my favorite moments, when I saw Pearl Jam at the Forum a, a long time ago, and they had Tenacious D open up, and no one knew who Tenacious D was. And yeah. half, half the audience was like, this is amazing, and the other half was like, what is going on? These guys are ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And I love that, I think, that the band, you know, like, okay, this is they, they have the band appreciates that They know, they recognize something really yeah, a Yeah, well, this,
1: was, this
3: was definitely the same thing for us when we played I think it was exactly the same thing with the audience. Half of them were like, what the hell is this? And the other half were like, this is really whacked and great in typical Go-Go's fashion. Right. You know? um, so- Go-Go's
0: stamp yeah. of approval. So it's got to be yes. good.
3: Absolutely. It's good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, a He's a good guy.
0: Okay. So one other picture that I I, I don't know who took the picture, but this was uh, where you're in the Brussels airport and it's the five of you and you all look miserable and just exhausted and like and you included this because obviously this is part of the go-go story what what is the story behind that that
3: okay so that was when I was carrying my camera with me and the girls were sitting there and initially I took a photograph and told them how to pose and you know because I would say you guys do this and do that and they were like great subjects they do anything I ask them
1: to do because <laughs> we're
3: a gang of girls you right. know we're like sure we'll do it whatever and and I was like I thought it was a, a really cool looking shot so I a guy was walking by and I said hey come here would you take this photograph of us so I ran over and sat down and sat in this weird like I don't know what my weird pose was with a hat on or something and took that photograph which I just love um it was sort of set up it wasn't that we were absolutely okay. miserable I kind of <laughs> Said everybody make kind of a mean face or act like you're like really tired out. We were kind of tired out though. But
0: what year was that? Do you know? Do you remember? Like
3: I think it was 1982 or. Oh, okay, so this I'm is still sure. early in
0: Go Go's. Uh, was so... the
3: first mm-hmm. European yeah. tour?
0: Still having fun.
3: Yeah, it's the tour European tour somewhere that was in Brussels. Yeah, yeah, Brussels. Yeah.
0: So you did that a lot. So you directed your your uh, bandmates to uh, suppose. Yeah, I did your subjects.
3: Them to do a lot of stuff, I did absolutely. Yeah. These weren't completely spontaneous things. These shots. There was a little bit of thought, insane thinking behind these poses.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. That's like a John Waters type thing. Why don't you do no, this? It was like, you know,
3: just like the clown, the clown family. You know that that had to be in the book, and that was a, you know that was like yeah, let's have the clown family and and put everybody in poses, and you know.
2: Going back to the fact that you loved photography, you loved taking pictures, and nobody yeah. else in the band did, you couldn't, ha- you didn't necessarily know at the time how big you were going to be or what could possibly have been done with these right, pictures but right. that you documented. I mean, we all have photos from our childhood, you know, we took a lot of photos, you know, regular, you know, 35, uh, you know,
3: Yeah. codec, yeah.
2: instamatic, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, Instamatic camera. Yeah, I I have those as well. And then there's a lot of Polaroids in the book. Yeah. Yeah. But you couldn't possibly have known
2: at the time what you can, you know, how big you were going to be or how, you know, what you could have done with this. And so this is, that's why this book is going to be huge. Can I, I want to ask about the pictures. Did you choose them or did somebody
3: curate them for you? Oh, my God. You know what, Um, Holly, trying to figure out what photographs to pick. I just couldn't do it. I had to have somebody come in and help do that. Cause they all mean something to me and I couldn't really be objective about it. I just couldn't, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what people are going to want to see. I know I love all of these. There's a reason why I took this, every one of these photographs. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I needed a lot of help. Yeah, I did. It's not easy to figure that stuff out when I, it's just, it's just hard for me, you know? Yeah, so I have well, to have somebody help me with it.
0: Well, also hard is writing, or is that easy for you to, to I mean, write like 30,000 words?
3: No, no, I didn't think I was going to be writing anything. Yeah. I, I just thought it was going to be just a, a an art book, just photographs. But then it became, like, and my book publisher's like, why don't you write some And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it just it made sense because I wanted to talk about these photographs, what was going on, you know when I was taking these, these photographs, what was happening during that time period. So it was a lot easier than I thought it was gonna be. I can't believe that I actually wrote this book, but I did. And I had no idea I could, but the photographs made it easy. Yeah, They made it easy. I think the
2: format, and I'm wondering now if the format will inspire more, you know, more artists like you, because it's such a great, like you said, it wasn't, you know, a biography packed with thousands and thousands of words, but it was just the format you're writing, which seems, you know, comes across absolutely as your own voice. And then it the is. essays from the others, <laughs> I just wonder if it will inspire others, because it's such a, it, it was, everything about it was, ple- I know, I'm, you know, gushing as a fan, but everything about it was pleasing, I, it was
3: Geez, I'm I'm thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. But it really, it is, it is truly me. Every word, every photograph, all it's um, you know, that's all from my perspective. And I'm truthful and honest about everything. And I just am hoping that our fans will appreciate that and getting even new fans who will see this book maybe in a bookstore or online and go, hey, this looks kind of interesting and open it up and go, wow, okay. Yeah. I want to know more about them because it's all there. It's a, it's pretty mm-hmm. succinct. It's all it's all uh it's a good history of the band. But what focusing on um mainly focusing on the early years because that's when it was like mm-hmm. insane and crazy, which is kind of fun to to write about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know what? You'll be surprised the young girls that are going to go up to you and probably recite a few lyrics to you and like uh, tell you how much the Go Go's mean. When we well, we talk to a lot of artists, and it's the same thing. Like we were yeah. we we're shocked at at the the diversity of uh, of the age group. The you know the demos. Yeah, of, Like everyone yeah, loves it. When
3: when that happens, I'm always kind of knocked out because I it's not something I ever think about. But somebody will come up to me and say that. It's like to me, that's the biggest and best compliment you can ever get is to think that you may have inspired someone. Uh, to become a musician or a you know, songwriter, whatever it may be, anything in the music field. That's really important to me. And, you know, it makes me feel like I've done a, 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 it's a job well done, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, are we ever going to see a reunion of House of Shock? I want to get the, you ever talked to Vance DeGeneres? <laughs> right.
3: You know what, recently we have been communicating because of the book. So, but I hadn't talked to him in ages. And, um, that's yeah that's another funny story because i remember when his when his sister when ellen first came to town and she was like uh hanging out she comes to the studio while we were recording and you know she like asked, oh, who, who should i meet here who's a good agent <laughs> wow pretty funny <laughs> yeah. pretty funny huh
1: I, I
3: Love in the sun of the sun, that's each and every time.
0: Did you like being in like the 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 front person like you know during that time? Yeah,
3: I didn't. It was just you know what I I didn't plan on that happening. I just wanted to play drums and write, and yeah. we couldn't find. The, I tried out a couple of different people, and it and it wasn't working. And that and that Vance said, "Gina, you sing the songs better than anybody else. You wrote them. Just sing them. Just be the singer." So I was like, "Okay, so I'll do it."
0: <laughs> Were you ever sing? Did you ever sing background in the Go Go's? I don't remember. I, like, did, um, yeah, no, I would mic- do
3: like on the record, I would sing, but okay. not live because I'm, I'm just, I don't, I'm not interested in singing live. I just <laughs> want to play drums and focus and be, you know, be present and do my job. I'm not in, there's plenty of background vocals in the go-go's. Okay. Yeah. man. There's plenty of it. Yeah. So, yeah, and when we play live, I, I, that's not my focus.
0: When you're playing live, who, who are you focused? Are you watching the whole band? Are you following? I mean, what is, are, do you feel like oh, you're yeah, leading, so, like you're the engine pushing the band or what, That's what I am. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm not, I'm doing my thing and I'm just paying attention to everyone. Of course I have to, but I feel like I'm just sort of driving the ship. I mean, I am, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just setting, setting the timing, setting the beat, you know, and we're working together as a team, that's but I'm, I'm, like- I'm just focused on keeping my shit together. I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's all I can do is keep myself together. I, you know,
0: what happens during this rock and roll the during the ceremony when, you know, the is there going to be a super jam? what, how do you uh, how do you focus in on on so many players at once and what you just kind of. Uh, oh, I don't know what this is
3: going to be. I have no idea. Really? Still. They still just don't. They asked us to do three songs. I don't know anything else about it yet. They want us to do three songs. I don't know if we're going to be playing with anyone else. I, I really don't have that info yet.
0: OK. Oh, Also, so someone who took pictures, did you enjoy videos? Did you enjoy the video making process for the mm-hmm. Go-Go's?
3: Um. Videos are not one of my favorite thing to do. Not one of my favorite things to do. Nor are photo sessions because they're a lot of hurry up and wait. And shooting a video, you can you spend days doing. It's uh, it's hard work because that's all about how you look. And it's not really about your craft. It's about how you look and and the story that someone else has devised. And you know, not one of my favorite things. But you do it. You'll do whatever you have to do to promote your music.
2: I get how that's totally separate. It's not the feel yeah. is different. The feel with photographs, yeah. you know, with right.
3: It's, yeah, it's a whole different thing. And uh you know, and I get it. It's all part of the scheme of things. It's part of it. It has to be, but it's not my favorite thing. I, I, my favorite thing to be doing is either recording or being on stage and playing playing for an audience, playing for our fans. That's what fills me up, you know? It was yeah. a pleasure talking with you. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much. Take care. Thank you know so you. very care. much. Thanks, Tina.
2: Bye 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 guys. Bye.
0: All right. So that was kind of cool, Holly. We can, yes, we have had 40% of the Go Go's on our podcast. How about that?
2: I, I think it is our goal, our, our life's goal, our podcast life's goal to have all the Go Go's as we, guests on our podcast. We might have. Or together. I'm, I'm, I'm not that picky. I would just love to chat with all of them. I love chatting with her. She's so kind and genuine and love, love the book and love that they are finally, finally being inducted.
0: Yeah, that's exciting, especially as uh, Los Angelinos, both Holly and I, grew up with this music, so we loved tearing through her book, Made in Hollywood, it's just great, just looking th- through this book, it's kind of getting inside of uh, what Gina saw on uh, on tour with the band, and in studio, and all, the, all those early days, it's, it's really wonderful, so I highly recommend going to your local independent bookstore and picking up Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's.
2: Can I say ditto? That would be uh, another two thumbs up from All right. Dave D- and Holly. I
0: think, is ditto a 70s term? Dittos,
2: dittos were pants in the 70s. Yes, you're right. They were ditto's jeans.
0: Okay. Well, ditto. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. You might as well say bitchin'. Bitchin' and ditto. That- look at us bitching at the beginning ditto at the end despite what we're saying and fumbling through our wrap up I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast it's what difference does it make podcast you could find us on all your favorite podcast platforms
2: new episodes every Friday
0: yeah so until next week this is Dave
2: this is Holly check you later over and out